0: Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. We are a mother-daughter duo of mediums, medical intuitives, psychics, and energy healers offering personal sessions to clients all over the world. And this
1: is our podcast. Coffee with the Sarlos is a platform to share the remarkable experiences of our clients and the messages that are channeled for them from the spirit world. These stories will make you laugh, some will make you cry, and some are certain to be an absolute buck kicking with love.
0: Our intent for this podcast is to gently and kindly challenge your beliefs, grow your empathy, and help you find pieces of your own self in each one of these individual stories. Before we jump into today's show, we have a few notes for our listeners. Karen and I have personal practices channeling for local and international clients. If the stories in these shows is something you'd like to experience, you can request your own personal session through our website, bysarlo.com. We also have gift certificates available if you wish to gift this experience to someone anywhere in the world. We have a
1: second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. This series is your emotional and intuitive intelligence toolkit. We pick one topic every month and provide you with
0: healthy tools for critical thinking and communication. This series airs the first week of every month. The first show is free and can be found on our website, your favorite podcast platform, or YouTube. The full series can be found on patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Patreon is our membership portal with a ton of monthly benefits for those of you seeking to grow your emotional and intuitive intelligence. Karen has a personal blog that explores the beauty and importance of intuitive gifts. There's a question and answer segment that addresses listeners' questions, As we mentioned, you can find the complete Sips of Sanity series here, along with handy habit trackers and great reflective questions to help you get the most from the shows. We provide you with guided journeys and music to enrich that experience, and we're running an emotionally intelligent, interactive book club. And for patrons in our top tier, each month we're putting your names into a draw for a free half-hour channeling session with Karen or myself. If you're interested in joining us, head over to patreon.com forward slash Bisarlo. Now, on to the show! Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, Karen. How are you?
1: I'm tired. How are you? I'm tired too. Okay. <laughs> Painting a kitchen <laughs> is a lot of work, yep. even when you're not the one doing most of the work.
0: Yep. That's fair.
1: Yeah. I have a lovely show today, but also I think a very difficult one. Okay. And I'm going to call it also an educational show.
0: Yeah, I think you just summed up our our entire podcast shows.
1: Oh. Okay. That's fair. Mm -hmm. That's very fair. Okay.
0: So, so nothing out of the normal, nothing out of the the norm for our listeners,
1: essentially. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) Um, I need the name of a male. Talib. Talib uh, reaches out and asks me if I can do medium. And I said, absolutely. I would love to give me one person in a row And tell me exactly who you want. And he says... Do you mean one person at a time? Oh, pardon me. Yes. I put one person in a row. Right. Okay. That's that's a better expression so that people can understand it. Thank you. Yep. So because I don't want a whole group to come towards me when he says anybody and everybody and his grandparents come running in, (laughs) friends, pets, that can be... Just like if you step into a party. Well, it's overwhelming and it's inefficient. Yes, because it's like stepping into someone's family at Thanksgiving dinner and them saying to you, talk to all of them. You can't talk to all of them at the same time. You have to pick one person at a time. Mm -hmm. So he decides, he wants to talk to his dad and he says, Karen, he says, "Um, let me know what my dad wants to tell me. So... I approach his father and he says, um, I want to talk to him about that nail biting. And I'm like, wow, nothing like I have brown hair, blue eyes, like nothing. He just goes straight to what is most important between the two of them. And I said, Talib, your dad wants to address the fact that you are a nail biter. And he goes, you got to be kidding me. He can't let this go and he's fucking dead. (laughs) And I said, um, well, and and like, I feel awkward because you can see that this is an existing fight Mm. and his dad says to me, please hear me out and say this, just ask him for a minute. So I said, Talib, your dad wants one minute. Can I listen to him for one minute and see where this is going and I can do a check-in with you? And he goes, yeah, that that's good. I can do that. So when I approach his dad again, he says, okay. He goes, for his whole life, Karen, I picked at him. I criticized him. Nothing was good enough. I, I always found whatever was wrong in a situation. I was explosive. I could be calm. He says, my mood changed on a dime, and he says, I can tell you now, since I've passed over, that I used many of the forms of verbal abuse to trivialize him, to undermine him, to just batter his soul. And he says, I did it out of my own anxiety, my own anger, my own frustrations, and he's the person I took it all out on. And he says, and so as a very young child, he starts to bite his fingers. Talib is biting his nails. Then eventually he starts picking at the skin. And eventually there is quite a lot of um, skin picking up into the digits. And he says, and on earth, every time he did that, I I shamed him. I would say, stop doing that. It's just a habit. If you want to, you could stop it. It's just a habit. Seven days to break a habit.
0: No, that's not even accurate.
1: Exactly. And then he goes, and then, you know, I heard on the radio, it's more than seven days. It's like three weeks or something. So then I would... At minimum. My point.
0: (laughs) I'm just saying it for the listeners.
1: Yeah. He would say, and then when I learned something else, I would say, just takes three weeks to break a habit. Just takes six months to break a habit. And he says, you know, I just kept changing it instead of saying, I was wrong. It doesn't take seven days. I was wrong. It doesn't take three weeks. I'm sorry. He says, I didn't do anything like that. I just fucked him up by just changing the the amount of time. And once again, focusing more on the abuse of him than on, oh, geez, I was wrong and I should apologize for something.
0: Also, how can I support you?
1: Yeah, he doesn't do anything like that. So he says, now that I'm dead, I, in this form, can totally understand that I am the one that caused the nail biting and the skin picking by increasing his stress every single day to such a high degree that this is what he did to try to relieve his stress. And then I shamed him for it privately publicly around his friends. And he goes, and I need to even explain more that some of his friends had this issue of skin picking, nail biting, because they were in their own experiences of stress in their own environments. And when they saw the way that I spoke to Talib about it, they never came back to our house again because they were afraid that I was going to see their fingers and I was going to turn my behavior on them. So Talib never understood why so many of his friends would hang out with him at everybody else's house, at school, at different activities, out in public. They absolutely loved him, but they would never come to his house. And he always thought it was something that was wrong with him. And didn't understand that it had nothing to do with him. It had to do with my behavior. Wow. So I, I want to explain to him that I am the cause of the stress and the anxiety. And then I am the cause of the way that his friends treat him by not coming to the house. So I am trying to fill in the gaps today and offer my apology a good minute. Isn't it Kelly? That's fantastic. Like it's, it's, to me, it's just absolutely incredible what you can do with such a short period of time. If you really get your shit together.
0: And if the client allows you.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and I'll say this too, like kudos to Talib who, who decided to facilitate this or, or sit back and let it happen We've also said to clients, like, you don't have to accept an apology today. You don't have to be ready for one today. We can let you know that your dad would like to offer you one. Uh, but if you're not in the place to take it, if you're not in a good place to listen to it, you can call the shots and that's okay too.
1: Yeah. So I told Talib all of what I've just explained to everyone. And he said to me, well, Karen, he said, uh, this is what I was hoping for. He goes, uh, I didn't know about the friend part. He says, so that's an added bonus today. Thank you. Thank you, dad. But deep down inside, I was really hoping I was going to get an acknowledgement. But I have to tell you the truth. I had no idea this is why I was biting my nails and my skin. Mm. He said, I wanted my dad to come through to apologize about his behavior. Yeah. But I didn't expect you to say that it was connected to a behavior of mine. Mm-hmm. And he says, so what do I do about that now? He goes, what what do I do? Because like, this is, this is decades of me um, in this pattern of skin picking and biting. He says, what do I do? And I said, Talib, I said, I believe that this is called compulsive. And I said, I believe, and from what I'm hearing from your spirit guides is that you're going to need therapy to understand and go through repatterning your brain. So that you don't continue the same pattern when you're triggered in any kind of stress. Your dad's stuff is gone. He's not there to do it to you anymore. But somebody else might trigger you even with a look. Or even the curiosity of just, oh, just noticing your hands. You know, like when your eyes sweep to something over someone else that you're Mm -hmm. just meeting. And maybe you don't mean to let your gaze rest a little too long there, but you do. And they're looking at your eyes just to see if you're going to notice because you're the one that's aware because you're ashamed. And their extra second triggers your shame, which will then trigger you back into the biting and the picking again.
0: It doesn't even have to be the extra second. They don't even have to register that they're observing something Unflattering about you, they may just move their their eyes because you've made a motion and it captures their attention, and then they think, oh, back up to the face, and that's just the natural. Um, what's that called? Um where the eyes are constantly moving, I don't know if it's scanning like we, they, they they don't stop moving right they're mm-hmm. always they're always in a constant motion. So I'm saying that there doesn't even have to be that extra second. It can just be the constant scanning back up. Mm-hmm. but the individual who's insecure thinks that that is what's clocked and that the mm-hmm. other person is making assumptions or filling in the gaps in their own way mm-hmm. um, and and that may not be at all what is really happening. mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because that's, that's how that's how innate an autopilot
1: uh, shame is conditioned to be. Right. And there was we had a little bit of a discussion around that in terms of what you're saying in that it can be so deeply rooted that you have anxiety just even meeting somebody. Mm-hmm. So you might be invited to a party with your friends where you do want to go, but your anxiety as is at a different level, Maybe it increases a notch or two before you go. And then when you arrive, it might go right up to a nine out of 10. And you might not really understand why, because you're with your friends, you think you're going to enjoy the event or the party, whatever it is you're doing, and your anxiety's through the roof. And it's like, why? But subconsciously, this issue is deeply within you to trigger your shame that, oh, if anybody sees, or certainly they're going to, you've got this whole quiet subconscious dialogue going on that your conscious brain isn't really aware of. It's it's focusing on the friends and the party. And this whole other aspect of you is just running amok. Okay, can I I do the opposite then? Yeah, sure.
0: For some people, they will draw attention to it right away. Oh, yeah. The ones who are self-deprecating, who throw themselves under the bus and Mm -hmm. want to be the first one to point out their own insecurity – Will draw attention to, oh, I bite my hands a lot, I bite my fingers a lot, my skin's really bad, before they even get into the content of the conversation that's going to connect them to the other person Mm -hmm. or even be relevant to why they're interacting in the first place. And it may never have been something that the other person registers. It may not even be that obvious to other people. It's just that dad has been on the lookout for those things because he wants to shame, he wants to criticize. He, he's looking for a place to have his power over. And so he's hyper aware of when this happens. And the average person is not. And had you not mentioned anything or thrown yourself under the bus, might not have been a conversation or a thing between the two of you.
1: And now can we add to that the third option that somebody could be listening that does both? Mm-hmm. That vacillates between the two depending on where they're at. In mm-hmm. life in general, let's say. Okay, so then Talib says to me, you can go ahead, you can keep talking to my dad about this. I need this. So his dad sits and says, I just really need to sit with him and tell him how sorry I am. He said, I don't know how, Karen, you and Kelly can convey sorrow. How do you convey my regret when it isn't yours? How do you actually have the client really understand how do I do this? What words do I use? What energy? How do I do it? And I said, I'll try my best to do it through the energy healing that I know how to do. I'll do my best to put it into words, but it's really going to be up to Talib as to how much he can digest. I'll do my best. And I think that's really important for our listeners to hear that we are trying our best when we channel And we give a message where there is regret and remorse, where the person who's crossed over feels that level of sadness because they now have a full level of awareness and their ego and their anger is no longer a part of their experience in energy. Then when I go back and check in with his dad again, his dad says to me, Um, I need to move on a little bit and talk about his sister. So I said, well, hold up. Let me validate that he has a sister. That'll be a good validation. So we quickly did that. Then his dad says, well, his sister um, twists her hair and will try and find a strand and pull it out. And so she does um, hair pulling, trichotillomania. Now I had to go research that because I didn't know the word itself or the diagnosis, I just know people who do it, Mm -hmm. but I really just thought much like nail biting and skin picking, I didn't know it was considered a disorder. I didn't know that there was medication and counseling. So this was really wonderful because after this man's session, I went and did some research so that I could do this show and provide more education than I currently had had. Cool. Can I pause here? Yeah. So
0: I know in, in our day and age that language is becoming a very big focus on how we um, frame a lot of mental health. And previously, a lot of things were called disorders. And that may have served a really great purpose in the, in the sense of diagnosis. A lot of disorders are being renamed recently as responses, yeah, And I think that's really beautiful, and it may frustrate a lot of people because now we've got to change names, change acronyms, and all of this. However, if you're open to this, what it is actually indicating by changing the language is that there is not something innately wrong with you, and that's what a disorder indicates. A response is actually defining what Talib is saying, or pardon mm-hmm. me, Talib's dad is saying that my behavior caused this kind of stress
1: response. And I think that's beautiful. I do too. I'm so grateful they're rewording it Mm -hmm. and that they understand the importance of the language. Yeah. Because when you are diagnosed
0: with something, there's such an internal battle and an internal dialogue that's going on to understand, well, why? Why is this wrong with me? Mm -hmm. How come I can't control whatever the response is, and when we change the language and understand, okay, this behavior is in response to some kind of stress trigger, Mm -hmm. then I can go find the cause and figure out what I want to do about that instead of thinking, oh, my natural response is a disorder and this is the way it is. Thank you
1: for all of that explanation. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. It's, It's awesome for people to hear this. Yeah, I hope it helps someone. Okay, so then when I go back to his dad, he says, well, she pulls out the hair on her head and then she tries to wear caps and she puts her hair up in certain ways so that people won't see mm. the bald spots. And then she started picking her eyelashes oh. and her eyebrows. And he said, and then because people noticed it and she really was super humiliated, she started pulling hair from the pubic area. Oh. And he says, so I didn't know this when I was alive, but Talib knows all of this. She has confided in Tlaib um, where she has moved on the body to do this. And um, she doesn't know that it is something she can get help with. She just is so ashamed to tell anybody this, mm-hmm. that she doesn't date. Oh, my heart. That she, she is isolating herself, but she's chosen to tell her brother as her only person. Mm-hmm. And I want her to hear that there is a diagnosis for this, that there is help for this. I need to tell her because I'm the reason she did it. And so he says, she decided to do the hair pulling instead of the biting because she didn't want to be picked at by me the way I picked at Tlaib.
0: I And what an interesting way to illustrate adaptation. Yes. Maladaptive behaviors, but nevertheless adapting for survival.
1: Yes. And so he starts to say to Talib, I understand now that everything that you were doing was because you were just trying to survive me, my behaviors and my anger. And that your sister observed that and went, oh my God, I can't bite or he's going to go after me. What if he does it even worse? So this is why she picks something that she thinks that she can hide. But then realizes, oh, good God, I didn't realize if I started pulling my hair, it was going to be this bad. Now I have a bald spot. Mm-hmm. So every, as well, I guess with everything that comes from anxiety, it snowballs and we lose control. Mm-hmm. Each of us loses control over it unless we manage to find the proper help. And so Talib's dad is basically saying, I, I caused all of these things and this can go on for the rest of their lives. I want them both to know at whatever age they're at, and I think from, from talking to Talib, that he's probably in his 20s. Oh, wow. That this has already gone on for you know a good decade at the very least, right? I would say probably close to two. And his sister as well. And that the dad now wants to stop this from going on for five more decades.
0: So they lost their dad young, yeah, and an abusive dad,
1: yeah. And this is where the conversation, in um, uh, I'm going to say at this point, can go in two different directions. Part of Talib's session then went into his dad saying how he kept apologizing and how he wanted to be able to affect their life in a positive way by saying, "Hey, you can actually get some help for this," and I. I can't give you much more than that and my apology and my remorse. And I hope that that will be something of value to you as opposed to never getting it. So I said, Tlaib, do you believe that it's okay? Like it's never too late to get the apology? Like what's your belief system? And he goes, well, he goes, I would have said before today talking to you (laughs) that I would have said it was too late, that the sucker's dead. And he goes, so I would have said, no, done, damage done, got to live with it. And he goes, but now that I'm talking to you and you're talking about all this and you don't know me or my sister or my dad, and you have all of this correct, I'm more open to the fact that um, I can ponder this and consider this as an apology. And he says, and I'm going to tell you something, Karen, I'm going to go to therapy. I don't want to keep doing this. And I said, why don't you want to do it? What's the reason? And he goes, I don't know. Do you think you could help me with that? I said, yeah. I said, it better be because you don't want to feel shame anymore. Mm -hmm. And I said, because if you're just trying to fix a habit and you don't go to therapy, you may exchange it for another habit. Mm -hmm. And you may not like any of the habits that you do. And some of them may never get to a healthy place of being a good habit. And I said, so I'm hoping... That the real reason you would want to accept the apology and go to therapy is actually to deal with the shame factor of how this has affected your life and move through that piece. So then when I go back and I check in with his dad for the last time in the session, his dad says to me, I want Talib to know that he's going to be able to do this nail biting and skin picking. His sister's going to do what she does. It doesn't just come from when somebody shames you it's now an anxiety trigger altogether. And it may be that even when you have anxiety because you're excited about something, he still does it. So it's not just based in when things are upsetting in a negative way. No, it's anytime you come off the baseline. Thank you. you it, that's beautiful. So then Talib sits there and goes, oh my God, I have always struggled with, you know, The day I got married, I was so excited and happy. And there I was picking at my hands. He was, it just didn't make sense to me. He says, I was so angry with myself because I stood there and went, what is wrong with me? This is the happiest day of my life and I'm still doing this. What is wrong? And so here his dad is giving him this explanation that it's just his response to any stress, whether it's a healthy stress or a non-healthy stress. And this is the other reason why therapy, or perhaps maybe for the um, hair pulling, medication might be exactly what is needed in order to get this under healthy control.
0: Probably for a time
1: being. Yeah. And then I, I, and I don't know all the answers, Kelly. It could be cognitive behavioral therapy. There could be all kinds of different types of therapy that help. I'm just going to put it under the umbrella of a good therapist. Mm-hmm. Oh, pardon me. Not a good therapist. A healthy therapist and a qualified one. So now let's just go quickly into the other direction that was mentioned. And this is where his dad says to leave. These responses are something that you and your sister can work on together. I have affected your relationship with your sister and with your mom. Mm. And I really would like for you, when you're ready, perhaps in therapy or when your therapist and her therapist say so, that all of you get together to understand the damage that I did and how your mom affected that. Whether she encouraged it and said, stop biting, your father will pick at you. Stop, And where she tries to protect her child and says, stop picking, your father's coming into the room. Put your hands down. Your dad's here. Where she adds to it, So then he says, I need to bring in the fact that she does all of this, which basically is what his dad is doing. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: She does it for a different reason. And so Talib and his sister now have an opportunity to go back and to try to understand the reason and for them to sit together in therapy so that they can move past that if they choose to. And somehow find a way to be a family again, because currently they're very separated. Mm-hmm. The two children are very separated both from their mother, who's alive, and of course from the dad, because he's passed.
0: And from each other.
1: Yeah. So at the very end of the session, Talib said to me, you know, I was hoping that my dad would come through and apologize. He says, I sure shit did not expect the whole session to go into this. And he says, Karen, I'm blown away because I had no idea that you were going to also educate me. Mm, Cool. Yeah. He goes, I just, you know, had heard about it and heard about mediums. I got your name. And he says, honestly, he says, I just thought you were going to come through and talk about the fact that my dad was an asshole and just validate it for me. And I was just, will there be an apology? But he goes, I was not expecting all of the rest of this. So we left it at that. And I really just, really, oh my goodness, Kelly, I just really hope that they really follow through because they're all going to need that therapy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah,
0: and have that opportunity to come back together and and hopefully also know what love is.
1: Yeah. I think quite possibly the first time his dad has shown up to show him what love is in a healthy way Mm -hmm. um, occurred when he died
0: as is the case with many
1: humans. Yeah. And I'm going to say something uh, with many humans who avoid therapy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm just going to tack that along because obviously people have been hearing through this whole session with Talib how important therapy is in relation to what love is.
0: Mm-hmm. Lovely. Well, you did a great job for this family.
1: Mm, thank you.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing your story today.
1: You're very welcome.
0: Thanks for listening to Coffee with the Sarlos. If you enjoyed the show today, help spread the love with a like, share, or review of the podcast. See you next Saturday with a brand new episode.